You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hogger Liberty Podcast on the We Are Libertarians Network. I'm your host, Jeremiah Morrill, and as always, I'm joined by our co-host, Dakota Davis. What is up, Jeremiah? This is either episode 72 or 71 or 71.5. We've been negotiating that amongst ourselves. Not 100% sure. We went the basically two weeks that we've been uh, having a chat going, getting this show ready. It's been titled episode 72. Uh, However... We went back and looked. Upon further review, episode 71 doesn't exist yet, so here we are. Uh, Our show is about our lives in rural Indiana. It's a show about folks who are involved in politics, and we promise that our episodes are going to be a fun and an easy listen. We interview people who are influencers, elected officials, political experts, and folks we just find interesting. Uh, Last week, I inferred that we were going to try to have a high-profile guest. Uh, we didn't get that today. We got his diecasts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we got what we were trying to do is do an ag show and talk about family farms. And uh, we were going to have Craig Armstrong and Dakota Armstrong on the show. Dakota is a is a NASCAR driver, and uh, his uh, his dad Craig is uh, is here in Henry County and uh, one of the largest uh, grain crop operators in the state of Indiana. Uh, soybean, corn, and God only knows what else. Is that is that accurate? Yeah. 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 Corn, soybeans, yeah. wheat, probably some wheat here and there. No, uh, no. We're, we're thinking about looking at the price. We, <laughs> we probably, you know, we probably ought to be uh, looking pretty hard next year. I'm gonna slide this back towards you just a touch and try to try uh, to help and, out pick up maybe, the audio. Maybe um, I, I heard this r- wild rumor yesterday that they're breaking oh ground for wind farms in 2019. <laughs> Yeah. Already, oh, it took it took ten seconds. Can we really have to start that? Right off of the, off the thing. Oh, you know it. The guests oh, are just going to get up and boy. walk away. Oh, that's all right. Going to be like flashing. All Con- right, the conspiracy theory part of the show comes up in a second when we promote oh, tinfoil yeah, time. Right. On the other side of the room is uh, is my very good friend Mark Wenning. Uh, Mark and I uh, apparently we vacationed together over the weekend. We were uh, Mark and I are. Uh, Junior Leader Advisors for Henry County 4-H. Mark's the president of Henry County 4-H Association, and you're about a fourth-generation family farmer, third-generation family farmer in uh, southeastern Henry County? Uh, third in this county, at least. I'm the son of a third-generation farmer. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Mark, Mark and I grew up together, and uh, we were standing at uh, Indiana Dunes up in Porter County, and uh, I'm still desperately trying to figure out what this show is going to be, and I... I'm I'm hitting up Cade Coger because I was like we couldn't get Dakota. He backed out. He's in he's down in North Carolina trying to be a racer. Is a racer living living the Mooresville life in Lake Norman, I guess. Uh, Huntersville, <laughs> on that area. Oh. He might he might be moving back if he don't get a job. So. <laughs> Come on, Richard Childress, pick yeah, up the phone, some, man. Somebody, yeah. Uh, so uh, so I couldn't get Cade, and we called out Cade, and was like, "Come on, man, you got to do the Ag Show." No, I can't. I'm training for. He's doing something. He's in a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu tournament this weekend, so that that is interesting. I have high hopes for him to do well. 
I do too. He was he's trying to get he's breaking into the heavyweight class, which apparently super heavyweight. Yeah, the super heavyweight, yeah. He's uh and he's getting down into it, which is very impressive. He's been running you oh, look God. at his Facebook and I think he's been running about four miles a day around Baker Park. Awesome. So so our fourth fourth choice for guest today is Mark Wenning. Uh, but I actually, I've been hoping to find a way to get Mark on here for, for a long time. We were standing at Lake Michigan and I couldn't get Cade and I looked at Mark and I said, what are you doing Thursday night? And <laughs> he, he, he hasn't learned the Dakota Davis trick of finding out what I need first. So, you yep. know, I think I'm available and here he is. I'm glad to see that I'm the fourth choice. <laughs> I, I You're really Mark, scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> I really hope that this is better than the last time I fell for the trick and was uh, cuddling Jeremiah in his crawl space. Hey, Dakota, what are you doing Saturday morning? <laughs> I'll be in uh, Brookville for IPA Day at Norris English Pub. Our friend Aaron Ewert, myself, and my uh, my brother will be in my parents' crawl space doing some uh, crawl space repairs for the uh, the Morrell family So mm. down in Rush County. That sounds so we fantastic. Could, we could rekindle our, our, our crawl space date from last year. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the uh, yeah, so that uh, we're, we're excited to have Mark here. Uh, you're like our fourth choice, but... Frank Reich is coaching the Indianapolis Colts, and he's like the ninth choice for their head coach, and that's working out okay so far. So if well, he haven't played a game yet, he's so lost exactly zero games. Don't bash on him too hard. All right. So uh, Patreon news, thank yous. What's going on in the world, Dakota? We got a new subscriber today, right before the show started, and that was uh, Mr. Rex Bell. Uh, so thank you to Rex Bell. He's he's joined the ten dollars a month club, so that's awesome. Uh, this week on on uh, Tinfoil Time, the topic was Elvis Presley is still alive. That the Tinfoil Time is a conspiracy show that Audrey, my wife, and I put on every uh, every week for you guys. If you subscribe at five dollars or more a month on Patreon, so if you uh, head over to patreon.com slash liberty, you can you can get signed up and you can get that. Um, you didn't know that Elvis being still alive was a conspiracy. I had no idea. No, she so. Usually how it goes is that Audrey Audrey likes to do like research into this stuff like she she really likes seeing the weird things that people believe. So she she usually takes the reins and most of the time I I have a pretty good grasp already because I've heard of them and like read about them before. This one I I saw the email uh Monday and I'm Your wife like, emails you? Yeah. And I was like <laughs> And I was like, "What in the Your world?" Assessment? Like, so then I read through it, and I didn't even, I didn't even read more about it. I was like, "This, this is just dumb." Like, I, I don't think that this. How can you believe this is true after reading what she had written? And yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, there's all. I mean, there's movies. Bubba Hotep was a uh, about there's Elvis, movies about this about Elvis being alive in a uh, I think in a Louisiana nursing home still. Uh, yeah. It was that was like that was made in the early 2000s. So there's a song that I I, I really think should be the uh, the theme song to uh, the theme song to to, to Tinfoil time. time. Yeah, it's well, right by, now it's one that I just made with a little like voiceover work. This is uh, Diamond Rio. Diamond Rio has played Newcastle before. Really? Yeah, they played. Uh, Craig, do you remember this? About ten years ago, they uh, they played the uh, the Arts Park Pavilion down there. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow, so. <laughs> And I, I saw them uh, I saw them live down in down in Florida once upon a time. So this this little song here, it's called "It's All in Your Head," is the conspiracy theory song of theirs. I'm just gonna play the hook for you, and you you give it a listen and tell me if maybe we can work this into tinfoil time all right, all at, right. for the permanent rotation. I'll let you know. All right. <laughs> 
the night the night shows the way Don't ever trust what the government say We never walked on the moon It was ain't dead, you ain't going crazy It's all in your we never walked on the moon. Elvis ain't dead. Yep. You ain't going crazy. It's all in your head. Yeah. That's uh, that's that's your show, man. That is. Like, if if our show was a song, that's what it would be. And I I looked it up once when I listened to the uh, to your episode this morning. I was I was truly excited. Like I'd have not had a clue about your your <laughs> what your conspiracy was. I'm like, oh my god, Elvis, great. And uh, and then. Audrey's like, yeah, nobody knows about this except for Jeremiah because he's old. And I'm like, God, that's a stinger. <laughs> <laughs> and, then I, and then I go looking for this video, this song, because I, I hadn't heard it in 15 years, but I knew it was out there. Mm-hmm. And there was a music video, and it's uh, Martin Sheen and his son are in the music video. What? Uh, really? Yeah, yeah, Martin Sheen, who's in you know, The Departed and West yeah. Wing and uh, you know, Emilio Estevez's dad, Charlie Sheen's dad. Uh, and then the third brother who knows nobody's ever heard of plays his son in this, in this uh, music video. So, if you were a Patreon subscriber, you would have seen the video. I shared it in there earlier today. <laughs> All right, enough of that. Enough, enough, enough crazy self promotion. No, it's not. We got one more thing to talk about. Yeah, we are always self promoting. We, but now we have to promote you. You, you need to take off your co-host hat and then change it into your candidate hat and brag on yourself as a candidate for a minute. Yeah. So I had the chance today to. Uh, I, I grew up on Messick Road, Craig. Uh, okay, in the nineties. And we didn't have a lot. We didn't have TV, right? We had like three channels, but we had talk radio. So I'd be out in the barn working with our sheep and goats and horses and whatever. And 1070 was always on in the barn. So I, 1070 WIBC was like the thing we listened to. That's what we had. Uh, I apparently we were tired of country music radio. You can only listen to so much uh, Diamond Rio. So uh, <laughs> we I listened to Dave Wilson and 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 uh, Steve Simpson and uh, those guys. So to, I got a call or a message from uh, Rob Kendall, who we have booked on the show. Rob's going to come on our show in a few weeks. Uh, he said, hey, come on by. Talk to me about uh, the Boss Hoggery podcast and your campaign. I've been talking about this jail issue that we've been talking about on this show. So I did a couple of segments on the Rob Kendall show. It will be airing on Sunday on WIBC 93.1 Indianapolis, uh, the biggest talk radio station in the state of Indiana. It'll be on uh, at 1 o'clock uh, in the 1 o'clock hour down there. Uh, there's two segments. Of course, as Boss Hog Liberty subscribers, if you listen to the uh, feed, it's in your iTunes feed right now, so you can go listen to it. That's right. Had a good time. Bragged on Henry County a little bit. Thank Dakota Davis for being my co-host. <laughs> and uh, we had some fun. So yeah, I listened. Out. I listened to it today, um, and I was. I, you actually did. You did a really good job, and I. I think that you did a good job of, of pointing out some of the issues um, that other candidates, other people who are who are maybe campaigning against you. That the ideas that they have for funding the jail and why you're, I think in my mind and in the minds of a lot of uh, Henry County residents, really proves uh, to all those people why you're the best candidate for the job. I appreciate that. I sent it to the Libertarian National Party today and said, hey, you guys may want to look at this. And they listened to it and said, actually, you advocated shooting other libertarians. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you advocated violence against other, against other libertarians, so we probably can't promote it. I said, oh, darn it. That's yeah. just the way I feel about Michigan libertarians, though. Yeah, some Michigan. of them need some of them need to be purged. Michigan, Michigan libertarians <laughs> and Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. <laughs> All right, so yeah, the uh, last thing, uh, September thirteenth is our target date. So we shared the uh, right. thing on the studio, but uh, September thirteenth, we're trying to do our first episode down on the uh, the new studio, uh, far far north of Q Avenue, almost to Broad Street. Yep, still north of Q Avenue though. North of Q, yeah. Yep, as is the tradition, north of Q. Yep, we're we're making progress. I shared um I I did a mental 
a walk around of what the studio looks like in its present state on the tinfoil time and the the things that are to be expected of of that studio and I would like to give a shout out to uh to uh, our our landlords <laughs> Scott, and, uh, Scott, Scott and Mike Scott and Mike about the work that they've been doing out there and how I don't know if you felt this way, but whenever we were touring it, I felt like they have gone above and beyond to really uh, give us a, a wonderful end product. Yeah, those guys, they care about downtown Newcastle and, and taking those buildings and setting them right. So they're not just trying to set up a building for us to lease for however long the Boss Hog of Liberty podcast exists down there. Uh, but they're setting up a building that's going to be an asset for downtown Henry County, downtown Newcastle for the next 20 or 30 years. Uh, and taking it back to the original brick and, and putting character back into that building. So uh, they've done a number of them, uh, the Edward Jones building and Tony Saunders building that he's in, and uh, I think maybe uh, Martin Shields' uh, building that he's in uh, across from the uh, the Elks Club or across from the Justice Center. Uh, they've done a really good job with uh, with downtown Newcastle, so I'm excited. I'm excited to have a relationship with them, and um, we're going to have a lot of fun down there. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to miss uh, – this, this current place is going to be like Motown. You're going to try to sell it, but I think it needs to go into some sort of a trust because <laughs> it's, this reminds me of where, where all the music started in Detroit. That's right. Yeah. Poor, poor Zach next door. He learned today on Patreon that you were going to sell this place or you're going to be moving, <laughs> and he's crushed. He's devastated. Yeah, he, he's worried about Hillbillies moving next door. <laughs> Hillbillies live here now. Hopefully it's another, it's another Boss Hog of Liberty listener. Maybe they'll want to buy it for the memorabilia. We're very close to where Kirsten Kronk lived, uh, yeah, and her, her house sold in an hour over on Main Street. Yeah, that's a, that's good sold news today. for me. Yeah, giddy up, man. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. We're like right. twelve minutes in. We owe it, we owe it to our listeners to move on. Ah, I get, agree. Get this show in gear. You want to do it, or you want me to? Oh, you go ahead. All right, all right. We're gonna. I'm gonna start with a Craig Armstrong introduction. We talked a little bit about. Uh, your son Dakota, which is a pretty sweet name, spells it differently. Yeah, but whatever. He spells it fast. That's just semantics. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I wish it was with a T. It'd make, make life a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, because whenever people ask me how I spell it, I always just say just like the state. So that's he. He can't. He doesn't have the privilege that I do. Yeah, yeah it's, it's we have times that people. Had it on a race car and had it with a T. Oh, so really? I was like, man, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so it's close enough. As long as they're letting you drive, yeah. I, I, you know, I, you can't complain too much, I suppose. There's a video going around on YouTube of your son Dakota whenever he was he was racing. Uh, did an interview at Armstrong Farms talking about the the um, immense amount of products that you guys produce. That's it was, I don't know. It was before one of the truck races at Kentucky that aired on speed, I believe. Yeah. So uh, I watched that. I think Jeremiah watched it. Yeah, I know you watched it because you sent I it sent to it me. I sent it to you. And uh, that, I, I probably you guys, saw it live. I knew you guys uh, were, were a big family farm out here, but I, I didn't realize the expansive amount of product, like of crops that you produce and the amount that you sell to ethanol plants like in Anderson and places like that. They called you in the video the... Uh, the largest producer of ethanol corn in the Midwest. No, that was that was in Henry County. They just kind of screwed up on that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> goes back to the. That never- was in Cardinal ethanol, and they were asking us how many, how many bushel, you know, how many bushels of corn we have during the year, and right. they converted that over there. And they said, so it's got to be a large number. So it's large for a county, and and uh, that's how that 
that took place on that's the where you just <laughs> you say never let the truth get in the way yeah. of a good story yeah man. that's right that's exactly yeah. right <laughs> wow mark you are the uh the largest soybean producer in all of uh dublin <laughs> well, it's Cambridge, Cambridge City. City. I don't know. Uh, Dublin no, Pike. It. In the, so close. In the Dublin Pike corridor. Probably not even that, but <laughs> we do produce soybeans. Yeah. Uh, you guys that produce, part right. You produce seed soybean. Premium right? seeds. Right. Premium right. seeds. Okay. So how is that different from the soybeans that you produce, Craig? Uh, seeds that, that he's planting, and guys, they'll rebag them and clean them, and farmers, you know, will purchase them and... And replant them for seed. Okay. So most of my my seeds are going to like Bungie to a crushing plant to make soybean mill and stuff like that. Morristown. You just go down to Morristown and Shelby County. Yeah, yeah. They 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 do. I think during during the season they'll crush around one hundred and seventy five to one hundred eighty thousand a day, which that's, wow. that's one hundred eighty semi loads a day. That's a lot of tofu. Does all that's, all this bean these beans just go to tofu or what? What's the, what? What do you actually go? What do you make? It goes to everything, man. Hey, Tootsie Rolls, man. It goes into Tootsie Rolls, crayons. There's like yep. these are soybeans. Pro- mm, yeah, well, there's. Uh, I'm going to give a card away if somebody can guess, text it in here. How many? Uh, well, one acre. How many crayons will it make? One acre of soybeans. One acre of soybeans makes yep. how many crayons? And you get uh, get a die cash. You, you, you have to come by Dakota's house and get it, or we'll, <laughs> we'll make arrangements. Yeah. yeah, we can we can ship it off. All right, that's the way well, it there's, works. There's people watching the live feed. First, uh, first correct comment uh, down. It's got to be down to the crayon. I don't. There's no rounding here. It's got to be exact, exact numbers only. <laughs> yeah, I've it's got like, it. It's like one. it's like guessing how many uh, how many uh, gumballs there are in the jar. So, so do the so I, so I found out when I bought these at 99 cents that we are definitely getting ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> I, told- I mean, like. I we can make a lot of boxes. <laughs> I told Craig this morning uh, before we got on the air, Mark, that uh, you guys have the farmer share breakfast uh, that the the ag uh, the farm farm bureau puts on, I believe, every year. At, at our the, farm? No, it's at the oh. I think it's at the Smith Building. County yes, different yes, counties yes. do it. So that your yep. your father is the the president, right? Uh, he was the president. Oh, okay. past well, president of Liz the farm McDonald bureau. Liz McDonald is now. Oh, okay. I the lovely Liz McDonald, uh, another friend. And uh, I served on Liz, uh, served with Liz on the park board. Yeah, you did. I forgot uh, about that. Yeah, yeah. She was with uh, Purdue Extension for, for ages, and she was a junior. Yeah, man, that was a quick. That was a quick year, though. I thought I, one we, year. Yeah, Mark yeah. and I, we could have been like on and off like seven times. We've been doing this too long. Hmm. Here we thought we'd found a replacement for one of us. <laughs> didn't right, didn't so, work out. Didn't so, happen. Craig, the uh, the soybeans that you produce. Yeah. I'm a, a very big fan of Japanese food. So they have food they have food at uh in Japanese culture called edamame, which is steamed soybeans with some salt. So are those the same soybeans that you produce? Can I go out to Armstrong Farms no. and pick me a basket? I'm afraid not. Ah, so close. Now he might grow them. Wouldn't he, he might you might grow them, don't you? Just no. messing with <laughs> I did just see him at the grocery store though. I know. I, I see him. I think you've got to go now. You got to go while they're still green. Yeah. You could huh. try. Uh, you could try steaming the ones out of a <laughs> field, but I suspect they wouldn't taste quite the same. They wouldn't. They might be a little bitter. Hmm. Uh, you know what? That might be something that we have to do in the new studio. All right. We're getting some questions. Or we got some people answering. You might not want to wait till the new studio. They might not be so green anymore by then. <laughs> Patsy, pretty hard. Patsy Conyers and Brenda Howe-Greider both have come in with the exact number 
82,368 crowns. That is it. That, that is, is the number. That is wow. the ticket. So you got some winners. Brenda and Patsy are the first right. two to they, Google they it. Get a, they get a die cast <laughs> right there. They are, they're right on the money on them. And we will All have right. Dakota Davis sign each car. <laughs> there you go. So why does this say Davis instead of Armstrong? <laughs> so, he was here. So He's still signing in crayon. So take twenty-four. These were ninety-nine cents a piece. Divide that twenty-four into eight eighty-two thousand. That's like uh, thirty-eight hundred and some bucks an acre. I don't think we're getting that. You're not getting thirty-eight hundred bucks an acre off your crayon. We're getting like pennies. Hmm. I'm not growing hops like the guys down there in southwestern. You that's, see, that's, a, that's gonna, a good idea. If you want to grow hops, you gotta you gotta have some serious timber, man. You gotta put in about twenty foot poles, don't you? Yeah, I think they're. And I don't know how you how do you dig those holes? You use a pile driver? I think they're just using a a postal driver on a skid steer. That's it. Hmm. I believe that's how they've been setting the post. Yeah, that I, I've been down I there toured. It's it's pretty neat. Yeah, I saw some pictures that they posted oh, online, and they were they looked beautiful. I'm a I'm a a big fan of hops. <laughs> And the things that they produce. So, uh, Mark, you are how long have you been farming? Well, what do we define as farming? You tell me. How does this start? You're a family farmer, so at some point you get stuck in a tractor, and then at, at another point they tell you this is this is yours to worry about. Or how how does that process work? Yeah, I mean, at about ten, I probably started helping on the farm. I think that's probably pretty typical on a family farm. Um, as far as when I first started, um. I think my junior year of high school, I first rented a little bit of ground, hmm. and and farmed one field. So your junior year of high school, yeah, hmm. interesting. Yeah, you well, have to rent I, from your dad. Is it like borrowing the car? Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> my junior year of high school, I worked for uh, for uh, John, Jeff, Marlot, and and Bill, and they farmed. But uh, I I never got to see the actual farming part. I was just walking the the rows of corn and. Cutting down sunflower seeds and things. That was that was my was that is that what you were doing at ten? Um, some of that baling hay. I, I probably started driving tractors a little bit then, but on a on a pretty limited basis. Uh, mm-hmm. You can hardly reach the pedals at ten. <laughs> so, and then you uh, you're heavily involved with Henry County 4-H. What's your uh, what's your role with that group? For those um, that don't know. Well, I'm president of the 4-H Association, which is the group that runs the fair, as well as, along with Jeremiah, well, Jeremiah's on association as well, and we are the advisors to the Junior Leader Club, which is any kid between uh, 7th grade and senior that wants to be a little more involved. It's a countywide club. Uh, We do a lot of service projects, and, and we have some fun along the way, too. That's it. We get to vacation together once a year. Yeah, we went to a beach this we year. We went to Porter and Lake County, visited uh, Lake Michigan. I love the beaches on Lake Michigan. It's beautiful. Pure, pure insanity this weekend. I th- This last Crazy. weekend, we went up there, and it was literally like a 30-minute wait to get into the state park. I, I, what? We had no concept of how long it was going to take. Oh, my gosh. It was full. That's uh, nuts. I had no idea where they were going to park us. Mark and I, have t- we've talked uh, about taking the club up there a few times over the years, and we we always struggled to get a reservation up there. We're like, how in the world can we not get a reservation to the state park? And then we went up there and we're like, oh, now we get it. <laughs> it was surreal. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, uh, we we used to go up there almost every year. Audrey and I have been up there a few times, and it's it's always been wonderful. We we the first time that we went, we were driving through this neighborhood looking for public beach access, and then 
we started seeing really, really nice homes that are on the beach. And then all of a sudden, there's a sign on the road that says you are now driving on private road. So it was the the owners of the homes actually owned the road that was in front of them. And it was connected to a public road. And we started going back there. And, like, I've never... I've never seen houses of of this expansive nature. The I I mean I work up by Geist Reservoir often, so I drive through there often. But the, even those places had nothing. Like there was one for sale, one of the small ones for sale, and Audrey looked it up on Zillow, and they, the asking price was one point nine million, and it was like just a small one. It was incredible. I hope to, that Boss Hog Liberty one day gets me to that point. There's only so much oceanfront <laughs> property in Indiana, man. You got Yeah, that's true. It's few and far between with a private road out front. There you go. Yeah. Um, all right. So the reason we brought all these ag people together, uh, we have seen something happen on the, at the national level, and we wanted to hear from, from guys that are on the front lines, and uh, Craig and Mark definitely qualify for that. Uh, we've seen the U.S. government introduce tariffs on steel yep. uh, and aluminum imports into the United States, trying to help out our steel companies. Uh, U.S. Steel is based up there, uh, up there in the region where we were last weekend. Mark, you look off to the left and you see Chicago, and you look a little harder to the left and you see all the steel mills, and then you see the beaches. Um, so Indiana is definitely affected and is a big, a big time uh, steel producer, uh, bringing ore in, and then they uh, they smelt it right there, uh, right there in in uh, in Lake County. They've been getting hammered with uh, with foreign steel coming in. So Donald Trump, when he was running for president, said, "Hey, I want to try to offset that and deal with it." So he added a is it a twenty five percent tariff on on imported steel and ten percent on aluminum, Dakota? Uh, there's yes, that's correct. There's twenty five percent on steel, ten percent on aluminum. And the, you know, whenever I was doing the research for this episode, it was one of those things that I realized that I didn't know a lot about. And there was an entire history going back to the founding of our nation whenever it comes to tariffs that I had zero idea about that I, I do think is very vital and very important to understanding the the way that tariffs are set up currently and the way that Donald Trump has done it now and my main issue with it. So so what happened then next, and I'll, Craig may be able to answer this, is once once these tariffs were announced— uh, a lot of the soybeans that you you produce probably don't stay in our local market. They they don't necessarily stay in you know bring, you bring them to Shelby County, Indiana, and those soybeans don't necessarily get consumed in Shelby County, Indiana. They go elsewhere, or they're in, they're in, they're in the global market at that point, and they may end up going down on a train and end up up on the Ohio River, and then going out on a barge and going somewhere. Most of the beans that we go to down there is uh, basically processed, so there's soybean mill. That mill shipped, you know. So, uh, like some of the barges, they they load down the river. Them them is the one that shipped down, the, you know, Ohio River. A lot of them are going over there. So, yeah, we export a lot of beans. You know, I think oh, over there being China or China, Brazil or where where are they going? China. China buys a lot of beans off of us. So, who knows? Brazil might be buying them off of us now and selling them to China. You know, somebody's yeah. got somebody's got to cover that market. And you know, I think what it's two billion bushel of beans they've been you know so of the of of america's exports on on beans on soybeans there's a, we export about 30 percent of the soybeans that we produce yep and of that 30 percent that we produce china buys approximately 90 percent of those 
which is a, an expansive amount. So whenever you're saying that someone has to cover that market, it's a huge market that does have to be covered. Yeah. And their what their threat is, you know, and and it's one thought that you know I think that every single one of us have had it when thinking about this is well, they need our soybeans more than we need their steel, right? Absolutely. So it's a, that that's obviously a, a big bargaining chip. <laughs> However, I think it was July 1st, China came out and said that they, they're trying to secure deals with the Brazilian government on on soybean exports. So you mentioned a minute ago that Brazil might be buying our beans and then reselling them to China. I mean, it's a thought. I mean, yeah. their, their transportation over there is horrible. We, we complain if we wait in line for three hours. Uh, sometimes they wait in line for three days. Right. To get offloaded with their, yeah, with their product. Yeah, so they're... The transportation, it's getting better. Their railing's getting better, but uh, we can ship and move and, you know, move a lot of beans pretty quick. So hmm. I think that's going to be an issue for them, whether Brazil, you know, buys the beans off us and them ships go in the port. Who knows what will happen? Or they unload ships and, you know, uh, there's, there is contracts, guys that own ships that go back and forth. So, who you know, who's to say they're from – here or from South America. So I think that's going to be a thing that could play out to, you know, there's going to be a big hole to fill. So when, yeah. when the president is, is getting into this sort of a, a tussle uh, on the international market and it's affecting your livelihood, what happens? What goes through your mind and what are you looking at? Are you, are you nervous about what pricing is going to do? Are you looking for assistance? What's the what's the feeling when when this is this is the environment you have? You haven't had to sell beans yet. You you know you had to harvest. These tariffs started getting talked about January, February, March, and so now you're looking at having to. I guess you'll run beans again September, October, November, December, somewhere in there. Yeah, September, October. No, it's a concern. I mean, you know, I'm sure every farmer that don't you know we, you know beans were up there in price and. I'm sure a lot of guys got some beans locked in at you know at a decent price, and then they just fell out of bed for about you know almost two dollars off of them. So you know I don't know how they're going to make that up if they get this stuff settled. It's something that needed to be done. I mean, we can all sit there and say, well, you know, it's going to hurt some, it's going to help some. You know, I see where U.S. Steel is going to open up what six plants or something they're talking about. So yeah, yeah, I saw that too. And you know, we're dependent on a lot of foreign steels, so you know, I think U.S. was concerned that. Hey, if we went into war with somebody, you know, where are we going to get our steel to build ships and tanks and and stuff like that? So, I mean, we got an eight hundred and fifty billion dollar trade deficit. Somebody's going to. We can't just keep doing it, you know. Whether, you know, I le- I, I farmed in the eighties, so we left we left uh, we left ground out. There was guys that went in a pick program and they didn't plant any corn. They got paid to leave all their acres completely set out because we were overproducing. Oh wow! And and basically, we had these. We had uh, you can leave thirty percent of your corn bases out, forty percent, and basically the guys got paid to. You know, we were overproducing back then. There was no market, so you know, consumers only spends about four percent of their money. We're the cheapest nation to eat. You know, only spending four percent of your income. Uh, you know, in some of these countries, you know, only look they're spending fifty percent, hundred percent just to stay alive. Uh, you know, getting back to the tariff thing. Uh, I'm sure it's a, it's a lot of concern with a lot of people, uh, but I think they'll get it worked out. You know, I think uh, I think we got a president, a businessman. You know, whether you like him or you hate him, what he what he tweets, I you know I, I I'm glad we got somebody like him as a business guy, and, and hopefully 
they'll get something ironed out and make a good decision. Yeah, so I think that that point is where it's important to to talk about the history of the um, of tariffs in the United States. So it's it, because I didn't know it. I didn't. I didn't know the history. It, the entire time that I've been alive, we've been free trade with industrial nations, right? So um, I didn't realize that the the second piece of legislation that ever passed through the United States Congress, signed into law by George Washington in 1789, was actually a, a an act of tariff. So we we needed a way to finance the debt that we had with France because of the Revolutionary War and how they how they helped us out with that. Uh, we needed a way to to fund the travel for the the elected officials that were traveling back and forth to Washington. So that the idea was uh, we'll, we'll introduce tariffs on imported goods, and it was across the board. It wasn't we we didn't pick winners and losers by by deciding who we were going to to slap a tariff on and who we weren't. But we just had a flat 20% tariff on any imported goods in the, into the United States. Uh the 20% it was it was much lower in 1789, but the average that I found I it's really hard to find absolute numbers for a lot of those dates. Um there's like 100 years that I couldn't find actual information on, but I did find a website that said that the average tariff from 1789 to 1913 was 20%. So, and then in 1913, basically for that time, our federal government was mainly funded through tariffs. Correct. 90% of our federal government was funded through tariffs. In 1913, that's when we introduced the 16th Amendment, and that's when we started instituting an income tax. Uh, And then tariffs have changed over that time, and and. Since in basically in the last hundred years, they've not been a level tariff. Now you've got this arbitrary. We've got tariffs that protect some this industry. They go against grown, others. Some places haven't. Most of the tariffs that we have now are very are very very low. But the reason that the Sixteenth Amendment was introduced and why in 1913 we decided to have an income tax is because the American citizens were were getting really angry because anything that they bought that was imported was was very very high in price because of Couldn't the tariffs. Get that French shirt because it was right. Uh, it cost it was, more money. It was very expensive. So we got tired of it, and we started asking our elected officials to try to figure out other ways to fund themselves. And uh, they brought up the income tax, which is back then was very very. I mean, we're talking a single digit income tax, right? And that, and then they were able to cut a lot of the tariffs. So that's that's where that the idea of the income tax comes from is relief from tariffs, and in 1930, um, we there was a there was another tariff law that was signed in, um, and I believe it was from Coolidge. Maybe you're listening to Tariff Talk on the Boss Hog Liberty <laughs> Podcast with Jeremiah Moral, Dakota Davis, Mark Wenning, and Craig Armstrong. Yeah, I don't remember exactly who the president was, but I know that in in 1930 we had a tariff act signed that was uh, that was going to introduce tariffs on industrialized goods. So goods that we got from other industrialized nations, allies, other people around us. However, the language in that was very specific of raising tariffs in double digit numbers on specific products and it's the results that i found were pretty split 50/50 of economists that say that that had a direct um correlation into the the uh crash of 1929 and uh 
and not because there was a lot of uncertainty whenever the talks were going on, just like there's a lot of uncertainty in the soybean market right now and why the soybean prices have have fallen 20% since Trump announced the tariffs. So one other milestone uh, tariff that's come along that uh, that I don't think people realize exists. In the 1960s, the United States had what they call the chicken tax. Yeah. Uh, and that is the reason why uh, Ford only was, is going to make trucks in the future. We can't produce cars in a uh, in a manner that uh, that are that work on the national scale, but we have a a corner on the market basically because of this this tariff on imported vehicles, uh, imported trucks that uh, that we have you have to pay a premium to import a Toyota or, or some sort of a a, a German uh, pickup. Correct. Truck. Yeah, it was originally so the Germans introduced in 1964. They introduced a what's called the chicken tax on imported poultry into Germany because at that time Germany was purchasing a lot of their poultry from the United States so they decided hey we can make some money off of this we're going to tax the chickens and because of that president Lyndon Baines Johnson was like uh play the retaliation card that we've we've seen recently and uh said well if you're going to tax our chickens we're going to tax your trucks so Ultimately, it was uh, it was defined as light trucks, which also included the very iconic uh, Volkswagen van, the hippie van that everybody sees. So that was that was a big deal there. It was, it was rather interesting. It never actually got repealed. It's still there, and that's that's why Ford only makes money with their trucks. Yeah, and the Fusion is going to be dead because that's the uh, <laughs> it, it's created the light truck industry. Yeah, the Fusion is going to be dead. The dead Fusion. It's the end of the Fusion. We're talking about your fusion or a fusion in general? All of them. <laughs> All of the fusions. Mine's, mine, mine's one of the last. Yeah. Yeah, there's a... there's. I had to delete some of it because I couldn't fit all the information on one page with the other stuff that we're wanting to talk about. But there's just... that. What we have detailed is just the tip of the iceberg whenever we're talking about the history of tariffs in the United States. So if, I have a, if we have somebody... If Steve Horowitz decides another guest that's coming on in the future and a favorite... Um, if he's listening to this and he's like, "No, you're you're missing all these key details," uh, we're giving the fifty thousand yeah. foot view here. Yeah, uh, we one, got an hour and a half. <laughs> we we talked uh, we talked last week about Thomas Massey, and he had the, about about a thirty minute video on reason, and he talked about this uh, this tariff situation and how he he you know generally would support tariffs if we were to drop a, drop it down to a level tariff again. But what happens is you have you have different industries that want waivers. So you go to the Commerce Department and you say, hey, I'm producing something. I'm, I make caskets, and I make them in Lynn, Indiana, and my factory absolutely needs to have a waiver so that I can use imported steel without paying this tariff. And you get your congressman, so you go to Luke Messer or you go to Greg Pence or Janine Lee Lake or Tom Furkinoff, whoever, whoever the congressman is going to be or the current congressman. And you get them to go to the Commerce Department and ask for you to get give me a waiver so that I don't have to pay this tax because it's I can't survive in business with this 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 uh, with this extra tariff. And then the Commerce Department may give that to you. The problem is is then you end up with all these carve outs and and all of a sudden Washington gets bigger and more powerful. Uh, what Massey was saying is, hey, I'm fine if we if we have tariffs, we can drop the federal income tax again. And then if we go to a 10% tariff or a 15% tariff on all imported goods, that's consistent with the way this country was founded and the way we operated for 150 years. Correct. Yeah. I I agree with him. 
I mean, that would that would help. So the issue that you brought up uh, and the worry that everybody has with our our massive trade deficit that we have, it'd bring it down. Um, it would be a fair and level playing field, so you wouldn't see the retaliation from China on your crops because uh, they realize that we're, this is across the board. Because right now we're buying steel from them, and that's the highest that's the highest tariff that we've introduced. So it's I don't I don't know I I. I tend to have a sour taste in my mouth whenever it comes to tariff because, tariffs because of uh, how I think, but I think that I agree with Thomas Massey in the fact that that is probably the most ideal compromise that you could ever reach. And I, I, what's what's happened now in, is that it they become arbitrary. So you have yeah, one right. one elected official, the president, who then has a bunch of department heads. So you've got a you know the guy that runs commerce has got all of these people that work for him in a bureaucratic fashion. And they say, hey, uh, we think that there's a problem with uh, imported German washing machines. So we're going to import – we're going to put just a tax on washing machines, Mark. Which did happen January yeah. of this year. So so now because we don't make, we don't make washing machines in, uh, in Newton, Iowa anymore, we need, to, we need to bring those jobs back. We're going we're gonna to tax LG or whoever it is that makes washing machines. Uh, but then what happens is the blowback comes along, and they say, "Well, the hell with you. We're not going to buy your mouse traps anymore, or whatever, whatever the product is." It, <laughs> you just end up with this this spiral that comes along. Right. Negotiation is a two way street, and I think that um, I think that Craig has has a good point when he says we have a businessman for a president. And it's hard for me to look at this because I I've never thought that Trump is an idiot. I've never thought that he's an idiot. I didn't vote for him. I'm not a hardline Trump supporter, but I don't think he's stupid. And I, I, it's hard for me to look at this and think that he's not using this as some sort of starting point bargaining chip. Mark, from your from your seat, is this you know your industry is affected by this? Is this something that you watch or pay attention to, or you just kind of continue on? And then when it, when it comes time to make decisions about what you're planting or what things look like, do you make decisions at that time? Is this something you follow on the on the regular, or is it a wait and see? We've lost Mark's mic somehow. <laughs> Some, it's gone terribly wrong. Uh oh. No, no. Something something what has is, truly failed. What's going on with Mark? I don't know. Did Mark unplug himself? I hope not. He he jumped out on us. He's not unplugged over here. Oh my goodness! What a mess. Try again, Mark. Now? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, there it is. Yeah. It no, it just jumped out of the third socket over there. Nobody knows what happened. Hmm. I didn't uh, do it. I promise. Yeah, I, I, Craig's one sitting over there. I didn't touch. But it. Uh, I mean, we're paying attention to this. You, you can. It's kind of amazing how much it's uh, fluctuating. Just look at this week alone. On Tuesday, there was a belief that Trump was ready to talk, China was ready to talk, and soybeans shot up thirty cents. Yep. Hit Wednesday, and Trump's threatening two hundred billion. More in tariffs. Yeah, he threatened to double down. And we said. lose 17 cents. And, and that's on beans. I mean, everything was somewhat effective, but beans are the hardest hit because uh, um, China's basically tariffed all ag products. They've done pork, corn, beef, wheat. But soybeans are the ones hardest hit because that's like um, I was looking. 60% of our exports to China are soybeans, so yep. uh, that's why that's the, the headlining topic. But it's really it's all ag products that they've tariffed. Yeah, so so whenever you say they've they've tariffed all ag products, were those original or are all of those also retaliatory? Those were retaliatory. Okay. Hmm. 
I didn't I didn't realize that. Right. Very interesting. So so is is this going to affect if if we're still in the middle of this trade war uh come next planting season is this going to affect how how many soybeans that you guys end up planting? Um I don't know what we'll do. Uh, I'm sure countrywide. You can't tell the Chinese what he's doing. That's a, oh, I'm sure that's countrywide. A you will, decision you'll for the see wedding farm. An effect. Yeah. Nationwide, you're going to see less soybeans. Absolutely. You you'll, yeah. you'll see possibly more wheat, more corn. You know, everybody's going to be doing the math and, and see where they can actually make some money. Why so, do Why do the Chinese buy so much? Buy so many soybeans? Are they making tootsie rolls over there too? Uh, they buy they buy a lot of soybeans. They, <clears throat> they use them for a lot of different things over there. And I think what uh, well, how many what was it like two point some billion bushel they use of soybeans. Mark might know that. I, I had that written down on my phone. I was just looking at the notes. Uh, two. That sounds right. I think from what I've from it's like what, two point, what I've seen. Yeah, I think it's over right. two billion bushel of soybeans they use. So. I don't have that actually written down here, but that, that sounds about right. I, I yeah, we're gonna part we're gonna notes. go with it and say it's right. If we get a message later, oh well. <laughs> I know it was about fifteen and a half billion total of right. tariffs they put on. Uh, you do all know, ag products. Yeah, we're only like what one point seven percent of the population farmers. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah uh, just less than two. I, I don't know if you guys, you know, if 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 it's that bad, I don't know. It's not really a good thing, but. Suicides in the, in our occupation. I just read the other day is the highest in the last twenty four months of any anything out there right now. So it's been a you know, it's, it's it's been a real thing. I know the Purdue College of Agriculture has been has been looking at it and trying to look at programs and, and raise awareness. But, uh, yeah. It's it's a legitimate uh, problem right now. But it's these a, but these people in this business, man, it's a passionate thing. You know, we're we're you know farmers are you know they're not raising a crop and uh, you know. The margins are going to be tougher and tougher, and, and, you know, we got through it in the 80s. I'm sure that, uh, you, know, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll go through a cycle. You know, Carter had to put the embargo on grain back when he was president. So, you know, that kind of killed us during that time, too. So it's uh, – we haven't went through any rough times, what I'm saying, in the last several years, and it's going to be interesting to see how we get through this. So – Talk us through what happened in the '80s. I assume there was a lot of consolidation in the market, and farms you either got bigger or you or you got out of the game. Well, what really happened, you know, late late '70s, early '80s, uh, ground prices went up to like three thousand bucks an acre. I'm just talking about here in Henry County, and then what happened? Interest rates went so high. I bought my first farm my senior year of high school. They're variable I, rates at that point, right? I assume. Yeah, I mean, you know, some guys didn't have stuff locked in, but they were high. Uh, I think my first farm I bought, was, I paid 15% interest, but they were higher than that. They were 18, 19. Some guys bought them, and then the interest rates went up, and and then the ground prices went down. I mean, they couldn't even pay the interest on them. So ground went from a thousand, you know, from three thousand down to a thousand bucks to seven, eight hundred bucks. In the 80s, you could buy a lot of ground for eight hundred to twelve hundred dollars an acre back then. Uh, right after that, right after that fell in the late 79s, early 80s, and. Basically, the interest rate just ate guys alive. I mean, inflation and everything went up, and the interest rates, you know, it was booming the economy. But as far as agriculture, it took a real bad setback, and it weeded out, you know, a lot of, lot, of, lot of our neighbors, you know, that just didn't get through it. You know, my, unfortunately, my dad worked at General Motors. 
during that time. And we had, you know, I have, I got three other brothers and two sisters and, you know, he was working at General Motors and, and farming, you know, on the side. My grandpa basically farmed his whole life. And, uh, you know, but I'm, at, during that time, I think it helped him get through it because he had a, you know, a Saget job where a lot of guys, you know, didn't. So I think I was on nine farms this spring and one day planting corn. And I was a kid in the 80s. There was nine different farmers that are not farming now. So it's – it's uh, and some of them's retired. You know, it wasn't that everybody – went broke but there was there was a ton of you know ton of guys that got in financial trouble i'm just glad i wasn't born you know five years right. earlier before that right and we were talking downstairs uh before the show started uh before anybody else got here uh you and i were talking that uh 30 40 years ago if there was a kid in high school and he said whenever i graduate i want to be a farmer he could he could do that Without having, you know, ties. But if I wanted to quit my job currently and go and, and, and buy the land, buy the seed, buy the equipment, I couldn't do that. I don't know I don't know a banker in his right mind that would l- try to lend me the money to do that. It would not not nowadays. There's there's just no in, you know you know, our margins are by kids around, but you know, if you have five hundred dollars in pet an acre of corn out and let's just say two hundred dollars that's seven hundred bucks. Right. You know, and you, you do the corn, you know, 350, 200 bushel acre, you know, it, it, right now it's just kind of a break even. So you're hoping you get more bushels per acre, hoping you get better than a 350 price. But, you know, even if you made a hundred bucks, that's a 15% on your, on your investment. Not a lot of people is going to let you go out and say, okay, it's a great deal. Let's go buy these $300,000 combines and yeah. have at it. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a crazy business that we're in. So, so what do you guys think of the, uh, this is a question for both of you guys. What do you guys think of the the twelve billion dollars in federal aid that Trump has decided to issue you? Because I said earlier that I think that this might have been the start of a bargaining chip. The twelve billion dollars that he authorized has he could build, makes me think the other way. The federal government could build like a brand new stadium for half the NFL with that money. <laughs> I, I found that pretty interesting because honestly, this year's crop. I mean, what, what they're going to base it on? I don't know what you've read, but not a uh, whole lot. They're going to base it on this year's crop. You're going to turn in your actual production numbers, and and they're going to split it up somehow based on that. Okay. The thing is, this year's crop, a lot of people probably had at least part of it sold. That's that's pretty usual to sell some of your crop ahead and and probably got some better prices for that. The other thing is, with crop insurance, depending on what kind of crop insurance you have, you could have revenue protection um, and you can either – there's two pricing periods with that. There's a spring – and a fall pricing period. So the spring price, I, I should have looked up actually what it was, but it you get the higher of the two prices guaranteed to you. Okay. And so you'd be locked into that much higher price, depending what level you can get up to 85% coverage, and then based on your, so, uh, so your from- historical yields, insurance may cover a lot of the loss this year, actually. Okay. As long from, as it's a short-term problem, it may not be the end of the world. If this goes on two, three, four years, that's when this uh, starts to become a real heartbreak. Right, issue. and, and this, this $12 billion, as far as they've said so far, is a one-time thing. Right. It's not going to be it's, continued or introduced in the in the next fiscal readings. Uh, but it, from my perspective as someone who whose livelihood doesn't depend on this, um, it, it seems like we've had a pretty decent year for – for growth this year, I mean, around here the crops are looking very good. Yes, yeah. So it's, um, so 
going back to what Craig was saying about trying to get more bushels per acre than what you've had, then so this year might might be better than than what it has been in previous years, right? I think so. I think we had a perfect, you know, I don't know. Last year was just something else. It was replant and a lot of water yeah. and a lot of a lot of replant issues. Replant and replant and replant. And we, time. You know, so this year we didn't do any of that. I mean, also it's probably since I've been farming thirty four years. You know, probably had the best planting season that that I could ever remember. I mean, just planted the crop. Didn't really have to kill the hours, and everything worked out good on it. But you know, I think I think the crop's gonna be good. We got this nice slow rain here the last few days. I think uh, corn crop probably going to finish, you know, help finish it out. Uh, bean crop, uh, you know, we're going to need a, a little shower here in a couple of weeks. But, you know, I think we can be looking probably a, above average on beans. So Yeah, yeah, I, I hope so. I've been there. I've never really paid attention to to crops. I paid attention in 2012. We had a, a drought and I was working on a farm at that point. Uh, but since then, I haven't really been paying attention until this year or Whenever I was, uh, uh, whenever I first started talking to co-host Cade Coger, and he started uh, introducing me to the realities of your occupation, so that was that's when I really started paying attention to it. It was probably the end of last year, and it it seems to be doing okay. But uh, if it wasn't okay, we have the we have the twelve billion dollars that's coming from Trump. What other ways? Do That's you... just free money. He can just say, "Hey, I'm giving you 12 billion," and it just happens. Yeah. So and, and only so about, Mark Wayne gets a check for 12 billion. Eight. Craig gets a check for 12 billion. All farmers get a check for 12 billion, right? Uh, not exactly. <laughs> but actually, they, from what uh, Sonny Purdue, the ag secretary, ag secretary, yeah, said, well, I think it's about seven or eight that's actually going directly to farmers. Seven, eight billion of that. Really. Where's, where's, there's there's going to be some for trade missions, and I'm not exactly sure where it's all going. What, what yeah. I was reading, but yeah. seven yeah. or eight billion probably directly to the farmers. You might get a hundred dollars, Mark. That's all said and done. I might. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of that, um, if if so, say for some reason at at the very end of the year we have a plague of locusts and they they eat all your crops and you're depending on these things. Um, how, how can you help diversify your, your own portfolios of, of occupation that would make you produce more money for you to feed your families? Um, it, I mean, I don't know, I don't know how long that list would be. You're going to start growing hops or are you going to look at other, other crop products? There's obviously this week, the, there was a big grand tour of the, the new, Hog feeding operation the Chapman Farm has that uh, every politico in the county visited that uh, up in Springport. How many uh, how many candidates did go to that, Jeremiah? Uh, just about everybody. Uh, Peg Peg Steffendel was there from the third district. Kennan was there from the first. I Kenan Gray I was there. I saw Chad Malicote out there. Senator Lysing was there. Uh, oh wow! Uh, the two uh, the the two Daves that are running for uh, state senate, Dave Ring and Dave or Dave Cravens and. I forgot the names. The two guys running for Senate that are still on the ballot uh, in the Northern District, <laughs> they were there, uh, and uh, we'll have them both on, and I'll learn their names by the time it matters. Uh, Tom Saunders was there, so just about everybody. Uh, all the commissioners, all three commissioners are out there. Uh, 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 the uh, next commissioner was out there. Uh, so everybody. It, it was very well attended. Good. Uh, the Chapman's had a great event. Greg Bolander was there from uh, Farm Bureau, and even uh, past president and current president uh, presidents of the uh, Farm Bureau, Wenning and uh, McDonald, were out there. So, do you well have the, uh, do you have some delicious 
Chapman Pork? Uh, there was pork. It was uh, catered by the uh, Tri-County Golf Course. I don't know if it was originally Chapman Pork or not. Learned a lot, though. The uh, five and a half months to turn uh, turn hogs out of there. They can do 4,000 in each of the buildings. Wow. So about 16,000 hogs a year out of those uh, out of their, their two structures. So, yeah, you could do a, you could do a, a CAFO, or, um, which is a, a concentrated animal feeding operation, correct? Correct. Not a confined, as it, as it is, it's often misquoted. I learned that this week. I've always called it a confined animal feeding operation, but it, apparently it is it is not. I've been wrong, and I've said it on this show before. I apologize for my incorrectness. But uh, you could you could open up a CAFO. Obviously, the issue with that being that is a that, that very full time job, well, and and it takes a lot of time to get there. You got to get through all the approval process, and it takes a lot of money to build one of those. A lot of money. There's a man hours involved that maybe you, while you're trying to yield some crop production, don't have the time to go in there and and take care of your animals. So then you're talking about hiring staff, bringing more people on in the family. That's going to cut into your profit. And, I mean, that seems like risky business just as much as growing crops does to me if you're trying to really diversify your portfolio. Livestock is a, is a good option as a a way of diversifying. It's a good I mean, place to put your extra beans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When when crop prices are low, that means feed prices are low. So you can often make a little more money in livestock while the now what's the, what's prices are low. What so is that, the other, that's one option. Oh, I have some facts here. Uh, one a, a concentrated animal feeding operation is defined as having. 1,000 head of cattle, uh, or 2,500 hogs or sheep, or 100,000 fowl. 100,000 chickens. Chickens don't take up much space, man. I know, no, but man. You can stack them vertically. <laughs> stack, stack them deep and sell them cheap. Uh, they don't man. just go floor space. I can't imagine just walking into a barn that has 100,000 chickens inside of it. I, I feel like that's uh, every time I think of that, I think of Napoleon Dynamite whenever he works on the chicken farm during the summer. <laughs> have you, a, you know, have the, ever seen any videos out of a uh, out of a out of a hatchery? <laughs> Do the chickens have large talons? <laughs> All right. So, so uh, Hannah Morrill, uh from the eight one two baby sister, uh, she uh, she wants to know what the uh, what the number one way is you guys can get. Uh, yeah, make your ground more profitable, Mark, Mister Mark Winning. We'll start with you. Make the ground more profitable. Yeah, make your ground more profitable. Sell it and build houses on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's one option. But uh, the housing market, while, while it's up, Henry County, I don't think is really through the roof right now. <laughs> not a lot mm. of building permits in your township. No, no, Dudley Township is not growing. It's actually up this year. You see that number amount? It was in the paper. Yeah, the Milltown paper. They're up about thirty percent on on building permits, We've gone oh. from about ten to. I can't 18. believe that with the rumor of wind turbines coming. Man. Oh, here oh, he goes. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry about that, man. Throw that in there. Oh man, that no, fence is hot. You want to touch it? Can I, can I be versified? I want to put some fans on my farm. <laughs> I want to, to cool some, down. I want to, to cool, cool down. down I want to cool down my crop. <laughs> keep it cool down at night. You know, keep the heat out of it. Mark knows when it cools down, man. Things would do good when it cools down. Them fans would help. Corn, yeah, the corn grows better help. with the wind yep. on it. I hey, know, yeah. Obviously, yeah, fans help good. with go- global warming. They help cool down the air. I would just like to have eight or ten of them. That eight, would, or- eight or ten of them would ten of them would not quite pay my our property tax, man, my brother, but it would sure help out. 
I would so, like to have one in my yard just so I don't have to pay an electric bill anymore. Hannah is. I could a, probably is, do that one with a short one, right? And I would. I wouldn't have to go to Darren Jacobs about that. Hannah's oh, coming in saying that uh, the the correct answer is tiling your fields. Uh, she's saying that if you tile, if, you you may have well, tiled all your fields. Number already. one answer, Sonny Beck said the first thing you do when you buy a farm, you ditch it and then you lime it. So said so you can put all the all the phosphate, all the potash you want, but if your pH ain't right and it go, it's going to tie it up. But and he does when he buys a farm, he ditches it. I mean. We spend a lot of money on ditching. We I got a company called A Team Excavating, and we do county work for them. Rich Gregory runs it, and my youngest son he'd rather do that I think than farm. I, I think he's he found a new occupation. He said hmm. that uh, I don't know about this farming thing, but <laughs> if I get up and go to work and I come home, I get paid. So yeah, I said, well, you know, it does seem like you almost every farmer has some sort of a side gig, or or the wife is working or something. You've got. You try to have multiple income streams, whether it's you running an excavator or hauling grain or doing ex- something extra, yep. something on the side. And, and as we're talking about, we we do drainage tile and a little bit of excavating. That, that is the side yeah. gig for us. Hmm. So that's that's how we're diversified. There you go. Huh. So, so we got, if you need any bodies buried, call Mark. <laughs> yeah. That comes with a very high fee. <laughs> how high? You don't want to know. I, I you can't afford it. That's what he's saying. <laughs> if you have to ask, you can't afford it. We got a buying group. I think you guys bought some stuff off of us in the past. Yep, yep. Hydras. Yep, we have. We, we we sell anhydrous to other farmers and you sell my sons. To, my sons. Hang would, on. You we, sell it to meth heads too. No, no. <laughs> I, I don't. I I don't sell it to them. I'm pretty sure they found recipes that they don't need anhydrous for anymore. I don't think they need anymore. But no, we uh, sell, that we, stuff we, is nasty stuff, no, man. Yeah, it is. Know, man. It is. So okay, we're, right. let's let's go ahead and get into it. No, we, we're talking about the diversified <laughs> here a little bit. So yeah, no, that's fine. No, it's you've been good. you've been pretty vocal in your support for for wind farms. Mm-hmm. You've gone to multiple meetings and voiced your support for them. I want to hear it from the farmer's mouth why why it would be a good thing. Uh, basically, I just went and <clears throat> my my experience. I just went and did the homework. I mean, I went and talked to people myself. I went to Benton County, talked to people there, talked to people at Randolph County. And these are places that have installations these, that, that are running. They've got them in there, and I just I would say if I went and talked to ten people, I would say most of the time it would be nine, if not ten. I even had a lady that gave me a ride on her gator, and I thought that was hers. Come to find out, she only owned three acres and jumped me my butt and said, or are you one of them proposed, you know, against Henry County, you know, that's against Anide Wind? I said, no, I'm not. I'm just here to talk to you. And she took me back here, and we listened to it, and she brought me back behind her house. And she said, what do you hear? And I said, I hear your air conditioner. So she goes, exactly. So, you know, my, my thoughts are on how it. close. How do, how close did she live? Do you know the distance from her uh, to, to, to she a was, foundation? She was eleven hundred feet from from one of them. There, I think their rules over there was a uh, thousand feet. Okay. So, and that's most of the state. And uh, and here, the proposed is fifteen hundred. Yeah, it's fifteen hundred. The problem is, price steels went up. You know, so that's probably gonna you know hurt the uh, hurt the deal down the road here. You know, so. I mean, my deal just figuring it out for the county would in thirty years just from just from the math if it stayed the same they would receive four, almost forty two million dollars of revenue even with the tax abatement 
Okay. And then, then you have the farmers, <clears throat> which if they put a hundred of them in, it's it's about ten thousand dollars per turbine. There's another million dollars. And then some of your neighbors who are not opposing, they're going to get some checks. You know what I mean? They're going to get paid for, you know, to have to kind of look at them and stuff. And, and then we're going to get some new. Be, ro- and we're going to get some new roads. Just to be clear here, I mean, it's always talked about the farmers are going to get all this money. The farmers aren't anywhere near all the yeah. landowners in the county. We rent a lot of land. There's. Yeah. You know, just neighbors that have an eighty-acre piece of land they rent to but a farmer. Maybe not. They might not Lentils. farm it. They, no, they, no, no right. they, they don't farm it. But if the wind turbine went up on their land, they're the ones that are going to get the income from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And there's and I got a lot of money. I'm sure he does too. It's on a fixed income. So when you're paying, you know, the rate of forty to forty-five dollars an acre, and just in property taxes, you know, and the landowner and the farmers are paying. If you look at seventy-one percent of the county tax. You know, and, and my problem is I don't really care what my neighbor really does. I, I mean, I got some neighbors. I bought a place and had it cleaned up next to me. But uh, I just think it's uh, – I know when I was growing up, my dad always said, if you buy a farm, tear down the house or rent it to somebody that, you know, rent it out, you have control over it. Because one day, you you know, you will have trouble. Somebody wanting to, you know, will complain about the smell of what you're spreading or dust or – and we have that. I'll be honest with you. We have that now. So – it's yeah. sad because it's it is an ag culture community and and I've 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 had discussion with you know my neighbors and I I sit down with dude I sit down with Gary Rogers I sit down with uh, Eddie you know at lunch and we, we've had I, I'm not afraid to oppose to sit down and talk to anybody about it but so my, so in in your viewpoint do um I mean we hear all the time from from different candidates for office and. Different, just different people that are, are around Henry County that are vehemently opposed to wind farms, um, do, and they they give us all kinds of information. We had every anti wind candidate come through the studio during the primary election. We had and, every candidate come through, not just the anti wind. Well, candidate. I'm just I'm just making a point with them, and it's do you do you think that the the bad things that they brought up outweighs the good? No, because I actually did that. You know, okay. The, the flashing light, the you know, the so-called uh, noise. You know, right. And the, I, I've, I've stood the at the base of and, one, and and it's got a hum. I live close to the interstate. There's every bit as much hum coming off the interstate as there is off of a wind turbine. Do you have an official position on wind turbines, Mark, or would you rather stay neutral? Um, personally, I I think it's landowners' choice if they want to. Have them, they can. Yeah, I, I, uh, I had a contract that was presented to me. I didn't sign it. I, it, we've got everything tiled. You hear about crushing tiles, and, and then you're you're cutting up fields that you've worked so hard to remove fences and make a bigger, easier to farm field. So, so you actually did turn down a a, a contract or a signing a lease for the windmills in Southern Henry County, correct? Yes. Okay. Interesting. That's really interesting. So, I didn't know that. Let me ask the question. Well, I, I don't own way. as much land and wouldn't have been sitting in a place to make near as much income off of them. You didn't as, have the opportunity. You had a, a, a one or two, I would assume. I, I don't know had. how many they would have maybe or maybe not put on my ground. Okay. Hmm. You, if you didn't get to that stage no. in the conversation. Um, right now, it looks like a political reality is that you don't have – the votes in this county council or the next county council, though I've done the math, I can't come up with more than maybe two votes uh, for for an abatement uh, in this council or the next one. Uh, 
there's not been a wind farm constructed in Indiana without a county tax abatement. Do you think that there is a future if if that's the case? Can they be built without? Because there are candidates out there now saying, regardless, 2019 grounds being turned. Well, the deal is they they had they did give the abatement. They did give the apex or whatever. They did give them a tax abatement. So if he was going to build a hog barn and he wanted, I'm just saying they don't give tax abatement, and they gave him an abatement in southern Henry County, and I moved up to Western County, and I wanted to get in tax abatement. Right. And a couple of years later, they don't give me a tax abatement. Don't you think that's that could be a little, right? You know, but, a, a little. Uh, I don't know, man. It's going to put yourself in a situation. Some it's going to put some people in the county. Maybe you know. I'm sure these landowners ain't going to sit back. I mean, you got to look at them. A lot of them that sign this deal, I'd say over half of them don't farm. You know what I mean? They're not farmers. You know, they're landowners that. You know, uh, you're restricting them in income. And, so, but uh, one one is expired now, and the other one expires at the end of this year, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. But you still honored them you through still- through the end of this year. Mm-hmm. Yep. They got you know they did get a tax abatement. So boar head, boar's, boar's head, they got a tax abatement. But even with that, so uh, so even I, with the tax abatement, it's still going to bring in thirty years almost forty two million bucks. That's how we. I guess it. I guess the difference is that's that's just on that part of it. I I'm. Solely opposed on tax abatements across the board, and personally, I, I think that's government picking winners and losers. Uh, however, I do see the difference between between Boar's Head, which employs hundreds of people, and having a windmill put on your piece of land that might get inspected every three months by a wind company employee. They're actually going to have like fifteen people or something like that. It'll be sticking around in that in this area, but here's the difference. Boar's Head put in a little bit of a road out there. They're going to be putting in several miles of brand new road, wider, better. I don't know, maybe our our, our county roads are just awesome. I don't know if you guys, have, you know, <laughs> but they're just like perfect. Yeah. You know, that's all. Uh, that's Mark's fault. So family. anyway, it's you know not to pick on it, but you know, even if we got ten, fifteen, twenty miles of brand new roads, that's several million dollars. It could be it could be anywhere from five to ten million dollars. That that's actually you know, that's going to be brought back into the deal. Because so, what happens is during the construction period, any roads that are destroyed, they have to put them back to at least the condition they were in. And yeah. what's probably going to happen is they're going to end up replacing the roads. So any yeah. of the haul roads that they used mm-hmm. to construct the project would get replaced. And, and, mm-hmm. the, and the difference is you're saying that Boar's Head, you don't believe in the tax payment. Think about the landowners and the farmers with that money that they're going to get paid, that money. We don't hoard money. I mean, when farmers make it, they, I mean, honestly, yeah, I'd say we spend it. So whether you know we, we're only one point seven percent of the you know of the you know, the population, but we control almost thirty two percent of the economy. So that's the reason why they want farming, you know, to be good. We don't hoard it. You know, farmers buy stuff, they, they do stuff, they build bins, you know, whatever. I mean, they're you know they they spend money. So if farmers are going to make money, you know, they're going to spend it. I mean, just how just the you know the the vital of it. But you know, getting back to that, so. That money being spent on the local economy back back into in, in Henry County, I think it's pretty important. And I don't know, just uh, man, we you know we let an ethanol plant get away. We left a you know several things that this county's missed out on. And I get, I'll guarantee you, go to Randolph County right now and ask them how much money they got. And you go check and see how much money they got in their bank account. They got solar panel farms. They got you know they got the wind turbines moving in. They got. How in the world does the state of Indiana get the ethanol plants in probably some of the worst area 
of the state of Indiana in that, in that area, that ground. I mean, it's the least producing, you know, corn and soybeans, and yet they got all the ethanol plants over there. You know, so you, you kind of scratch your head that somebody over there may be making some better decisions for the county. That's the only thing I can think of because they financially they're going to be way better shaped than Henry County down the road. Why? And so I, from my perspective, I've, I'm not – I'm not a supporter of wind farms because of my op- occupation. Uh, I've talked to a, a lot of people that that deal with them in power delivery where I where I work, and it's 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 just a pain in the butt. It's going to make my job a lot lot more difficult. So, and that's purely from a selfish standpoint, and I understand that. But anything gets you home by three o'clock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. You work for Duke Energy. They want they want to charge us eleven dollars per kilogram. So you know, but, uh, we, we want to get it cheaper. They uh so anyway uh for taking on now with uh he works for one of the four letters I've never said if it's Duke okay. or the other right <laughs> or RMC or yeah other Impa I'm, I'm moving company. to Spiceland that's where Impa is right now you're gonna dethrone right. Darren Jacobs look out Darren yeah. no but uh anyway um so uh, with with the perspective that I have uh why do you think that there has been such a strong objection within the county to wind farms. Oh boy, where'd I start? (laughs) We've got fifteen minutes left. You know, I look at the you know, there's probably five of the largest farmers have signed up in that area there and you know, and they and and, you know if you look at them, a lot of them's done a lot of good for the county. You know, look at the stuff they've done and I know one guy in particular you know, probably the largest landowner in the county and you know, they're they're in the gas business also and you know, I seen him I seen him come in one day and you know, a lady owned, owned, owned $1,600 of her gas bill, and they said, just go ahead and take her gas. You know what I mean? So I don't know what other people, you know, you know that, that does that, you know, it helps the community. And I just think it's their right. And, and I think as far as getting back to people, I don't know, you know. Uh, I went around and talked to some of my neighbors. I had signs, and, and it, you know, and people were going around and saying that we were going to put them 200 feet. You know, it was going to kill their property values 50%. So, but I, then when I started looking at these houses that's been that's sold, you know, even people's arguing about it, it hasn't hurt. I mean, even the rumor coming in, these people still made a pretty good profit. And how close would the closest one to be to your house? I'm going to move one real close. I want it right there. I you want, want to be I'm, as close as possible. Door. Thousand feet. I want a thousand feet on my back door. I want to look out and you'd be okay. You truly would be. You have no objection if it was. I look know. out my kitchen window. I see WCTW lights from the radio station flashing at me. Yeah. So when I go in town, I would stop at the uh, train track, not change the subject. At Goodyear, there was a train that went through there at 1 o'clock in the morning, all the way through town, just laying on the horn, you know. And I'm thinking, man, that is like, you know, a thousand times louder than a, than a wind turbine, you know, you wouldn't even hear it. So, but I don't know. When it comes right down to the people, I, I don't, you know, I don't know. It's it's just, uh, I don't know, just think like people don't want to see people do good. And I'm, not, I'm opposite. You know, if somebody does good, I'm, I'm happy for them. But uh, I really believe that uh, it was the same thing when the, you know, east or west of Caddis, we had the power plant. There was a lot of people, a lot more people protested that. You know, it was going to kill us all and, and all the pollution it was going to put out. You don't even hear it running. You pull in there during the fall and you'll hear Jay Cronk's green bin on the other side running over the power plant. So, you know, and that's, it's our number one tax thing in our county. It brings us almost, almost a million dollars a year. I want to get it exact because they'll, they'll, they'll confront me. Like it's nine hundred thousand dollars, 
you know that it brings in. I have it down to the penny, Craig. Yeah, or else there's going to be held. Know, really, I'll be held accountable for that. So. <laughs> but no, I just you know, do I think there's some jealousy? Probably, but you know, I, I don't know. Tell you, know, you what, Craig, you get you get the materials together. I'll go help you build one in your backyard. I want to build one. I, really do. <laughs> I think it would be a fun project. I think. Could you have a recreational wind, windmill? Like, could you have? Could you build your own? Is uh, this purely recreational? I don't know. I'm thinking about <laughs> just building my own. What is it? You got to stay under 200 feet or something? Without yeah. getting yeah, special permits. So. Yeah. And that's it. Put a pretty short I, one in. I understand that because of. I mean, we have the municipal airport here, and you have all the. I mean, that also affects you guys with crop sprayers. So it. I, I understand the height requirements. So it, for at, the, at this point, you still have hope that the project's not dead. You think it still can be constructed? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I think it can be. the uh, The deal is, you know, the driveways that they put in. I like the idea that we get to use them driveways. We get to use our own tile guy. If they cut a tile, we can call a guy. We we set it up on a contract basis. But I like the idea that I can use that driveway to pull in the fall of the year. It, we're, you know, it's, it's kind of risky when we park our semis on the side of the road. I'm not lying to you. It just, you know, you don't want to see anybody ever get hurt. But that was one thing that we made in our contracts. Hey, we want access to them roads to build park our trucks off the highways and off the roads. So, at, excuse me, as a liability. You're, did, you're talking about the contracts, and I, I, from the opposition side, I've always heard it's all the secrecy and you can't talk about what's in it. But you're saying that you can... I mean, you, you, I'm just talking about dollar-wise and right, stuff. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying that everybody would be treated the same. Everybody's, oh, he's getting this, getting that. It was one thing that we sit down, Calvin, we said everybody wants to be treated the same. So if somebody wanted a better deal than everybody else would get the better deal and just treat everybody the same. So, you know, uh, I wish when they first started they would have just came in and got everybody kind of together. You know what I mean? I, I think it just started off on the wrong foot. Starting off on the wrong foot, Yeah. And yeah. just just let everybody you know sit down and talk and you know see what's the best for the county instead of just because there's really not a lot of farmers that oppose it if you stop and look at it I mean if you look at the people in the meetings you know there's a couple one maybe one farmer but there's a, there's a, maybe a, a couple landowners. a loud group that turns out though is opposed to wind farms what's that uh, there's a loud group that's at these meetings that are our voters that are vehemently opposed. Forty nine thousand people in the community, and there's a you know fifty sixty people been showing up lately. So, yeah. oh, I know, I know, I know what it's like at the meetings. Take I know a how vote small on it. it take, is. A, take a county vote on it. Yeah, I'd do a referendum. Just, just let's do it. Forty nine thousand people vote if they want wind turbines in the county. I got no problem with that. That's not I, the way the county that. government and works, you know, man. And you it's, know what? Let's petition. You, yeah. can, you could probably have some sort of a private election and let everybody come out and vote. But I, unfortunately, we're not set up that way. We can't do a referendum. That's not uh, – unless we're raising property taxes, that's pretty much the only way we get to do referendums. Or we change the Constitution or raise property taxes, that's the only referendum we yeah. get. I'm, we're gonna, Craig and I, we're going to petition the state government to let <laughs> Henry County do a referendum on wind turbines. You could probably privately have a have a referendum and have people think, turn up. But it, it wouldn't be through the county government. But you could do a poll yeah. where every registered voter could show up. Which would be a lot more scientific than Facebook polls. It would be better than a Facebook poll. Mark, what do you think? Is this is there hope, or is this are we flogging something that's dead already? Play pundit for me. My feeling <laughs> has been that it's it's probably dead at this point. Yeah, dead in the water. Um, I, I know. All the evidence seems to suggest it. At least on the southern side of the county, I'm I'm pretty sure that that's dead. I I don't know you. You obviously know a little more about the northern side. What do you guys think about solar panels? 
I heard that solar panels smell bad. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know if that's true or not. I heard it. Hey, I, I got I got them down there at seventy on the farm on Bobby Thompson's farm. Be farm, you know. Let's go down there and smell them in the morning. To There's be honest with you, I'm I'm all about clean energy. I really think it's important. I think that we have really undersold nuclear power. It is the very most. It is the best option that we have for clean energy. It's not even dangerous anymore. Uh, there's there's so many things that we do that that have sidestepped. I mean, a, a catastrophe like Chernobyl could never, ever happen again with the way that reactors are built today. Well, I got one guy that's opposed to wind turbines, and he'd rather live next to a nuclear power plant. So the way, <laughs> the way I look at it is, I I don't think I have the True authority. Story. I don't think I have the authority to tell you what you can and can't build. Right, your ground is yours to develop. The only the only aversion I have is having the county government go out and, and give an abatement. But I've I've had that position where I don't want abatements for any of this stuff. We're picking winners and losers. I just want a level playing field. I want lower property taxes and lower income taxes and lower sales taxes for everybody. But you should be able to develop whatever you want. As well, long as you're hurting your neighbor or, or violating his property rights, I think you're fine. What are you going to do in the other county? Don't give, them another, another, give these people a tax abatement to give their people jobs. Well, that's a race to the bottom at that point. The, huh? other, the other county ought to do the same thing. They ought to say no. We, we, unfortunately, what we do is we, we pit 92 counties against each other, and then you're fighting against Randolph County or somebody else. Um, yep. I'm just telling you from my, from my view, oh, I, 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 I want a fair, a fair field for everybody um, because somebody is going to get so – you're, you're going to end up negotiating and cutting against each other. So uh, what, you're, what you're saying is that if we're, given tax, if we're given a tax abatement to Boar's Head, any other private industry that comes into Newcastle should have a – Tax abatement is what I yeah, think. Yeah, lower everybody's taxes. Yep. Well, you're, you're everybody should have to, to pay the, the same property tax, which is 0%. Yeah, they were, questionably, they were questionably unconstitutional until they put them in about 10 years ago. And Ron Raman, if you want to build a porn shop on your land, absolutely you can because it's your land and I can't tell you what to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> you Anybody that wants to voluntarily show up at your, <laughs> your home porn studio, go right ahead, man. Yeah, that's right. Uh that you're, you're not going to have I'm that not, fight for I'm me. I'm not going to show up with now, the threat of violence from now, the in, government. Now, in a good Christian county like Henry County, I think you're probably going to struggle anyway, so you're going to be out of business yeah. in a couple of weeks, and you're you may right. have protesters, but they, you they, can open up anything you want to. Didn't they try to do that south of 70 a few years ago, was open up in a triple X adult store? I am unaware of that. I think there was a little bit of talk about it. I don't think it went very far, but I, I yeah. think you're right. I think there was a little bit of talk of it. We could have had our own porn shop in Newcastle. What the heck? We can't even support a good strip club in this town. It went out of business. I I don't think good <laughs> <laughs> or a bad one. I don't know. I never visited. Uh, I, Craig might know more about it than we do. No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was never old enough. Oh, the uh, there's eye rolling going on in the chat. Going, oh my god. Yep. We we take this stuff seriously, and it's the same. It's the same application of principles. Yeah, uh, yeah you I can, mean. You can have any crazy idea you want to, and you're free to try it, but the market's going to tell you no. You know, you don't have to have a law to tell you that all bad ideas shouldn't be against the law. And uh, when, you, when you do pass an ordinance, what happens is the sheriff's department has to come in and show up, and you put those guys in harm's way. Sometimes uh, Rex, it's Rex Bell's famous line is, there's a difference between crimes, vices, and bad habits. That's exactly right. So with that, I think that we're ready for final thoughts. We're already an hour and twenty five minutes into this thing. Can you believe it? Yeah, I, yeah, I can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can. When, you, when you're going to have two or three pages of show notes, I knew it, <laughs> I knew it was going to be one of those days. Oh yeah. All right, Craig, as a regular listener, uh, we're gonna we're gonna take final thoughts and give you a chance to promote things. I, we haven't talked about racing yet, so this might be the time where we talk about a little racing. All right, let's change the subject. All right. But, 
no, I'm I was actually my nephew's racing tonight at Anderson Anderson Speedway. They have a sprint car race over there tonight. It's the, right. it's the toothless 250. I watched a lot of Anderson racing on yeah. HBO back No, in the day. this is actually not. It's actually... Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is legit. He's, yeah, he's driving... Uh, actually, Randy Neal owns a race car, and we got a guy that works on the stuff at the shop, and it's actually... Uh, it's when they run the same car as they run at the little 500 the night before. 11 rows of three. Yep, so they're over there, and, uh, you know, we're just... Uh, my youngest one's going to be running uh, Winchester 400 coming up uh, later on down the, in the summer, and... Uh, Dakota's just doing some testing. He's looking for, you know, a full-time deal, you know, even do a part-time deal. We uh talking to some people for next year, so hopefully uh, hopefully that, that, that helps him out, uh, you know, that he can uh, get back into doing it, you know. That's what he wants to do. So other than that, uh, you know, I'll just uh, – got to talk to Mr. Dakota over here and get him a – I should have brought him. I had, a little, I had a little statue, a little wind turbine deal. Should have brought him. <laughs> they could have replaced the Rubik's cube. We're just gonna have. Just we gonna put have... one in our logo. I, I I requested one be put in our new logo because we've talked about him so much on the show. It just didn't feel right to not have it in there. It's the Shenandoah wind turbine. Is what I was told. Yeah. It's 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 in it's, uh, in honoring the. Uh, he he the, never the did great ask. Northwest. He never did ask my question though. He said they smell, but he wasn't opposed or nothing for the wind the solar panels. I'm not opposed to solar panels. Uh, you can regulate you can regulate AC sine waves that come off of solar farms a lot easier than you can wind farms, which is my argument against wind farms. So, so what your all your big Duke power towers you got with all these waves coming through there? So is it bad? We we'll call them we we'll call them brisket energy. So is it bad yeah. to live next to them <laughs> when you hear them things buzzing? Man, I'm in there. I'm I'm in well, and you. around them every day. I mean, you're. You know, I mean, it's... it causes beard growth. I know that. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, as far as I know, there's no these uh, the people who talk who preach EMF frequencies and the damage that they cause. There's there's no actual concrete scientific proof from major scientific organizations. So I don't. I don't believe it. I mean, I'm around it every day. I don't wear a lead suit every time I go in there. You know, for a a REMC or IMPA or wherever substation, you know, that's, I don't know. And nope. and there's guys that I know that have been doing it for 45 years. You know, it it's, that argument is null and void in my opinion, because I've seen proof otherwise. But all jokes aside, I would sit down and have a conversation without getting mad with anybody in the county. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's I, a good think, thing to do. I mean, I think, I think when people get all riled up about it, I just think it's crazy, but. You know what I mean? It is going to be what it is. It happens. It happens. If it don't, you know, I'm I'm not going to go to bed and crying about it every night. So uh, it's just uh, my personal opinion. I think it's just, I think it'd be good for the county. I understand. Well, we thank you for cutting, uh, showing up. How do people get in touch with you if they want to follow? They want to get. They want to follow Dakota's racing. They want to learn about farming and the kind of thing you do. How do they reach out? What's, uh, the, what's the best way to follow hey, you? Just follow. You know, just uh, you can email me. It's Craig at DakotaArmstrong dot com with a D A, not T A. Uh, just had to be different. Yeah, but no, that's that's probably the best way is just email me, or you know. And did you do some racing too? Is that how you guys got started in this? I just I just raced motorcycles. I would never let my kids own a motorcycle. I asked my dad one time. I said, "Why didn't you let me do it?" And he said, "Well, I had three other sons. So. <laughs> he had so, backup plans. He had backup plans. So, no, I just not motorcycles. I I ride one, but I just didn't want my kids on one. So, yep. But you had the knack for racing. Yeah, we liked it. You know, I I, I actually when Dakota won Talladega senior year of high school, I was on planting corn. His <laughs> mom was there, and I had to go home and watch it on TV. Was he in a Penske car? 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So he's driven for Joe Gibbs, well, Roger it, Penske, it, 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 and Richard Petty. Well, he drove for Penske. Well, Penske kind of helped with the motor program with Cuttingham. So it wasn't like a full blown Penske. They they when we called over and complained, they would give us stuff. <laughs> we had to call and complain a lot. So Roger's a really new guy sitting in his motor coach one time. He's really pretty cool, but. Richard Petty is like the awesomest guy, though, man, to sit down. He he could tell. I could listen to hours of him tell stories. He told Dakota he drove his race car to racetrack, raced it, and the owner made him drive it back home the night after he won. <laughs> so, yeah, drivers got it pretty easy nowadays. They fly in and get in the car, and they race and go home. But, yeah, listening to Richard Petty's stories was pretty cool. I mean, he's, you know, he's uh, he's a pretty cool guy. And your your daughter in law was one of my uh, horse and pony kids. I, I announced all of her uh, contesting for the ten years she was in Henry County 4-H. Really, Carly? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we had uh, she was she, she's uh, she's one of our uh, horse and pony kids. Very yeah. proud of her as a Henry County 4-H alum. Well, they got a son, so their yep. son's you know five and a half months old. So they're enjoying him right now. So I told her maybe there's just a time that you know letting you, letting this, you enjoy him. This year's a good year to be at home. Yep. Look for him in Daytona if nothing else. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully that's that'll happen. All right, mm. Mister. I, I have to reach out to Patsy and Brenda now and and get these uh, get these cars sent off to them because they won the contest. I'm brokenhearted that they left already, man. I looked at them, went, man, those got to go home with me. Sorry, right, Sarah. Um, I might. <laughs> if you guys are really good, I might. Yeah. I might get you guys right. one. Okay. Very good, Sarah. I hopefully Sarah lets me take one home uh, at some point. Uh, Mark, tell me. Uh, tell me what you think. Final thoughts. You got anything to pitch? Get kids to join 4-H, buy your uh, that, corn. That'd be great. Um, any, <laughs> any adults out there that are looking to help uh, Jeremiah and I out with the junior leaders, we're, we're looking for volunteers to split the duties. But, yeah, um, 4-H is a great program. Audrey said no, Mark. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. We, we tried. <laughs> we, we did bug her about it already. She helped out. Audrey, Audrey helped out with the uh, the cheese ball day. Yeah, once That's once a permanent you, fixture. Yeah, she, once you she start. She said yes, so we, she's expected to come back <laughs> next December. Exactly. You're You're penciled in. For years to come, and bring her husband. <laughs> yeah, she has we'll a, she has that. duties now. She replaced her mom. It's a generational thing. I wound up I wound up a four H leader because my mom was, and uh, Audrey's mom had the cheese ball, the, the sweet cheese ball station. And uh, when she uh, when she got out of four H, she she bumped up to having to do that volunteer work. So once once you guys have that first kid, and they uh, you know like twenty years down the road, then Audrey can replace herself. See, I don't, I don't know if my kids are going to do four H. <laughs> I don't think it's a uh, do, choice. Do, have. do you guys have yeah. show chickens? Yeah, yeah, yeah All right. of course. You can show chickens. They might show chickens. Then. You can show pigeons. You can have your as own. long as Darren Jacobs let me have him. Lets me have him in Spiceland. Well, I mean, it would be very sad if Darren ran out the four inch show birds out of the county mm-hmm. and a goat. All I want is like four hens and one, no, two uh, goats. You don't want one goat. One goat need, is loud. I, two goats are quiet. I need. I need two you goats. You can show your goats too. Yeah. Carly showed chickens. I think one year. Okay. Yeah. You brush their feathers. I don't know. I, I'm going to ask her that. I just seen her out of her hand on, on an old picture. <laughs> you know, it was really funny when we first met. I was I was planting corn, and, and she was riding her bike. She was five years old, and Nakoto sat on the trailer with me. And we were planting, and I go, "This little girl keeps waving at you over there." And he goes, oh, "He was like so embarrassed." I go, "You never know, man. You might marry her one day." <laughs> we we farm all the way around her house, and in first grade, she wrote a little card. Dakota or Carly loves Dakota, and never gave it to him, for, and she kept it. Oh, so they, cool. And they hooked up their senior year of high school, so it's a pretty cool deal, pretty cool story. Audrey, Audrey's in the live chat, and she said that every kid should do 4-H. So, Agreed. Sold. We have her support. There's, there's, there's some pretty good stats out there about how much more successful kids are that do 4-H, stay out of trouble, go to college more. 
There yeah, was a it's, vegan. It's really a great program. There was a vegan video that was put out this week that, that had me in, in absolute tears, laughing. <laughs> Too much soy, man. Um, I, I believe I believe your sister shared that. My sister I, I, shared I, it. I did see that, and uh, I was dying laughing because it says it turns it turns you into a serial killer. Because the first year you have an animal, you you love it and you're attached to it, and by the tenth year, you're just you're looking at it as a business transaction. And I said, well, this is where I got my ability to not cry at my wedding because I went through the almost the entire day. <laughs> yeah, but Sarah face. Sarah broke the secret and told and told the world that you did cry. So just, just a touch, just to look, <laughs> just to appear human. This <laughs> is like Dexter over here. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I I literally had made that joke that I'm like a serial killer. I just I was, I was holding it together, and then that vegan video came out talking about how poor it's trained you to do that. And I thought yeah. this is perfect. That's pretty good. So uh, I'm not encouraging you to share it because I don't want that guy to get any more views. But if you happen to see it, uh, it's it, it slayed me. It was hilarious. So follow Mark. When are you Mark Winning on the Twitter? Or are you on the social medias? Uh, I, I've got Facebook. That's it. That I that I. Uh... Very rarely use. M winning at Purdue.edu still probably. No, no, no. They they shut that one down. They don't want you to keep that forever. You don't have it forever. All right. Well if you need Mark, search him on Facebook. We'll tag him in this. And uh uh if you wanna you want some excavating services or some some tiling done or you want to buy some corn or join join four H he's your guy. Edamame. <laughs> or if you wanna if you wanna <laughs> if, if you need to come get a few bean pods to try that out. <laughs> if you want to test crop edamame. You, you can probably okay. drive a little bit Less uh, go to Craig's. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little farther out there. Yeah, and, that's true. And it's extra. But with I can stop by the Dublin Skating You can barely get to Mark's house right now. You got to go. Yeah. You, uh, I don't want to give away too many locations, but unless you go to try and turn, uh, that's your best path. I, yeah, I can don't, at least. Don't try I can at least Dublin stop by the. We'll be right. I can stop by the Dublin Skating Rink. You look like yeah. You look the Dukes of Hazard trying to cross the bridge is not there right now, and yeah. it land on I seventy. Yeah, that'd be pretty fun. Uh, Wilbur Wright Road. You can go north. You can't go south off 70. <laughs> that's, that's your only hope if you're coming from Ohio. Dakota, final right. thoughts, man. I guess my final thoughts are is uh, I really liked uh, doing the research for this episode. I know that uh, I created a I created a clickbaity graphic for this one with the wind with the wind turbines and the, everything else that was on there. And um, I, I, I recognize that wind turbines and everything agriculture because of that has really divided our community but i think that i i do think that when that wind farms are a dead issue in our county at this point it's just every single bit of evidence there's no evidence whatsoever that tells me or should tell anybody else that they're even a possibility at this point and uh so i want to encourage everybody who is going to vote in the november election to really to look past it and and think of other issues that are actually important because I don't think that I don't think that wind is an issue and I I want to uh, I want to uh, tell Susan that she's done a really good job of 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 recognizing this fact and she's moved past it Susan Hoon who's running for county council and she's she's been doing a good job of putting other platform issues out there so uh, I want to say that and I also want to say that as always um, I did we, we We've been getting, we have a Patreon supporters Facebook group, and we had some requests to try to get in there, people who aren't Patreon supporters. I put the wall up. Uh, I built I built the wall. The wall got 10 feet taller. Yeah, and kept them out. So if you're one of those people and if you're listening, um, to get in the group, I should have already messaged you, but you do have to join at patreon.com slash Liberty to get in there. It's there's a free yeah. group, and then there's a premium group. There's a free group. All the good chats in the premium group. That's true. And I also want to remind everybody that we do have a store on redbubble.com, 
and you go to redbubble.com and you search Boss Hog Liberty and you can get all kinds of, of goodies, coffee mugs, t-shirts, graphic tees, uh, sweatshirts, all kinds of really neat things. You can even get a duvet cover of the Boss Hog Liberty. <laughs> Is that in your living room? No. Did you get one yet? <laughs> Not yet. Um, all right. Well, very good. Uh, last chance for me. I'll pitch real quick. Uh, we've got, uh, we're opening up this new studio and it could be your named studio and we are really good, really good at product placement and, uh, and promoting <laughs> the hell out of whatever your product is. Uh, so if, if you're looking for the opportunity to, uh, to be affiliated with the number one podcast in Henry County, East Central Indiana, uh, Drop Dakota or I or DM. We've got uh, we've got some stat sheets and some opportunities here for uh, for that. We want to cover some of our costs of the studio. Uh, the Patreon thing is nice, but uh, uh, I think we're at the point now where the reach of this show and uh, and what we offer, we can actually be a pretty good partner for some uh, for some local businesses, Absolutely, some small businesses. We can. So uh, we don't want that to go to waste. Uh, there's a and- chance for this show uh, to help elevate your platform a little bit, and uh, if you're looking for that opportunity. Uh, Hit us up and we'll reach some sort of agreement. yeah, and and not just studio sponsors either. If if we you can go, do episodes, we can. Yeah. we've got different. We've got different options. But a yeah, studio sponsor. Yeah, if you go to the Patreon over, account, over the shoulder could be your logo here. That's right. In the glorious high definition. But the uh, the other two, there's a bonus content sponsor and an 1080p. episode sponsor, um, and both of those are actually on the Patreon. I think we decided to go through that platform to do the billing, so that way we don't have to hit people up every month or businesses up every month. If you are interested in doing that, if your business or company or whatever is interested in doing that, then like Jeremiah said, hit me up. We've put together a really nice uh, portfolio for us. It, it describes all of the good things that we have. Um, Jeremiah has a yellow folder of them over here. We have a bunch already printed out for you. So There you go. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will uh, catch you next week. I guess it will be episode 72 again. 72, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Boss Hog of Liberty, which is part of the We Are Libertarians network. I am Chris Spangle, and I am the founder of this network. And I invite you to listen to all of our shows, which you can find at wearelibertarians.com or by searching for these in your podcatcher. The flagship show is the We Are Libertarians podcast, where we apply libertarian principles to current events. The Brian Nichols Show is a conversation amongst Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Independents, as they talk about what is happening in the news. And we have many other podcasts like The Chris Spangle Show, Upward, The Cost, Raw Audio Politics, Miranda's World, and Tad Talk, which is quite a ride. So check all of these out. Go to WeAreLibertarians.com and you can check out all of our great podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at WeAreLibertarians.com.